So then welcome to episode 24 of the Soundcast for this season. Myself, Glyn Price, and in pretty good spirits, Ollie, following a fantastic result for Shooter Tennis today, mate. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant performance, um, brilliant mm. game plan, really well executed, um, loads of positives to come out of the game. Um, and um, yeah, you know, I don't have, we don't have grudges against Peterborough, but there's always <laughs> that little bit of extra kind of um, enjoyment we take of beating Peterborough, I think. It's always nice to absorb Adrian Durham's salty tears whenever mm-hmm. we beat them, which is becoming quite a regular occurrence now. So, um, yeah, it, it's just great, isn't it, to kind of have one over them with what happened and the way he moaned about us getting that game called off for international uh, appearances a few seasons back, or was it last season? Can't last quite remember season, yeah. now. But, yeah, we've definitely got the hoodoo on them, Molly. So, yeah, we've got, a, we've got a guest, haven't we, mate? Um, do you want to introduce him? Yep, Dan, welcome back to the podcast. Have you obviously been on before for the kind of the extra ones we've done? Um, but yeah, I didn't realise you'd never been on a normal podcast. So yeah, it's, it's taken us too long, I'd say. But welcome to the pod. Cheers, Ollie. Uh, really pleased to be here. Yeah, I should. We should just ask him a few questions, Ollie, about his Shrewsbury Town supporting history quickly because I don't think we covered it when you came on some other pods. But give us your sort of era you started going down and uh, favourite game, favourite player. Oh, crikey. Um, yeah, I've, I've been going for 37 years. My first game was uh, against Oldham in March 1980, and it was 2-2. Um, yeah, not that I can remember the details, but uh, yeah, <laughs> it, it feels like sometimes it's about 137 years. But yeah, so I've been going for a long time, obviously, season ticket holder, even though I moved away quite quite a few years ago. Uh, Favourite ever town player is a nightmarish question, really, but mm. um, ultimately Victor Cazul wins. Um, I'll Perfect. never forget his his antics quite frankly when he kept us up uh one season in the late 1980s and and, and i don't think characters like victor kazool could really survive for, for too long now but he, he'll always be the man and no. um yeah that, that will probably never change what about go on favorite game then in all that time since the 80s one game that stands well, out to you yeah, well, there's, there's a number of quickly i enjoyed going to main road and beating man city uh in yeah. 1987 david moy scored two of course that was that was back in the days when we went away to big clubs in the league and beat them, mm. and so that was great. Um, I think ultimately the, the game against Aldershot, where we got back in the league, is the most significant game. Yeah. I think I could, I would, we've ever had actually um, for, for the for the club. Um, Favorite game? Well, it's hard to, to look past the, the Everton game, isn't it? I mean, mm. that was the last minute winner. At the Game Meadow was, was something to look back on very, uh, very fondly. What a day, Ollie. And it's interesting, he, he mentions there, Dan, it, it's the days when we used to go to big clubs and win, which we're doing quite well at, at the moment, aren't we, in terms of beating teams at the top of our league, Ollie? So, um, yeah, maybe we're going to return to those glory days of, of going away at big clubs and winning. Yeah, we're doing well this season, aren't we? <laughs> We've beaten the top four teams um, and we haven't considered a goal. So, yep. yeah, we're just certainly doing well against the teams at the top of the division. Um, and, yeah, this is another one. So, yeah, another good game to, to enjoy and to, to go through. Super stuff. I'm looking forward to going through this game. I've got a lot of positives to say, and I'm sure we all do. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll leave the intro there, and we'll uh, we'll get Dan's thoughts on the game. Oxford City very deep. Here is Pugh and Udo, and the deadlock is finally broken by Daniel Udo. So, Shrewsbury Town two, uh, Peterborough United nil. Two goals from our new favourite player, everybody, uh, Mr. Chapman, um, fifty-one and wrap the game up on 86. So, yeah, I think, you know, obviously a fantastic result. And in the context of this time under under Cottrell, it's been going very well. So got a few stats to look at, Ollie, before I throw to you for, for the team selection. But um, interesting, we have waited a long time for a comfortable home victory um, by two goals. Uh, and, uh, yeah, last time that happened, April 2019 against Gillingham. Um, since then, we just uh, went through a whole period of rickets ball. We've never, we've never been as comfortable, really, towards the end of a game as we were yesterday. So, yeah, it's uh, got another hoodoo off our back. Um, 
I should just add, this is the best start for any manager in the new Meadow era now. Um, and also, it's the third best start in the history of the league um, um, performances for the club, you know, in the, in, since the 1950s. Um, yeah, um, Cottrell now sits nicely behind Turner and only um, Arthur Rowley, really, so behind our sort of two legendary managers. So there is some discussion as to whether these results should count for Cottrell or not. I'm not too sure with him being in hospital. I'm going to give them in because I think it's fair. But, uh, yeah, I yeah, saw some he's still discussing... picking the team. Um, exactly. He's, he's still yeah. picking the team and he's still involved even though he's remote um so i exactly. think um, i think he's got a, he's got a claim there and he also it's a win so yeah he'll i'm sure he'll want to claim the win not that he'll want yeah, to claim exactly. the win, but you know what i mean from a no, direct I, record's point of view we'll put him under him well when we talk about him on the phone at, at half time mm-hmm. and um full time i think that's only fair isn't it but um yeah so i say you know to, to take the points he takes so far is absolutely fantastic and yeah the recovery continues we're back now to just five points behind where we were this time last season so um, yeah, you know, that, that recovery has, has continued, really. And, and and the nice thing on this podcast, Ollie, is I don't feel like such a stats nerd for once because we obviously ask our guests to contribute to the agenda sometimes and add in their own things. And, Dan, you, you were having a look at a few stats before this game and what stood out to you, mate? Yeah, well, I was I was a bit disconcerted, really, um, Glenn, <laughs> because I found stats on Peterborough that actually made me feel reasonably confident before we went into the game. And I'm I'm generally mm. a pessimist. I, I expect the worst. And, and and the stats that I found would lead you to expect the worst. I mean, Peterborough were yeah. unbeaten in uh, in nine. The, the last six games were um, three wins and three draws. But the, the last of those was a draw against Bristol Rovers, who, who have been struggling. You know, it was a nil-nil draw at home. And when I saw that, I thought all might not be totally, you know, sweetness and light here. So I, I mm. thought that was quite interesting. And then I saw Peterborough's record at, at the Meadow, uh, you know, <laughs> the Gay Meadow and the New Meadow. And um, they, they've only won six out of 29. And Peterborough are the type of club that I think they're sort of top of League One, uh, bottom of the championship. That's where they are. So I, my instinct yeah. would be that their record at the Meadow should have been much better th- than it was. And, and, and as I say, it wasn't. They've only won six out of 29. And we, we can now officially make that six out of 30. Yeah, good stuff. I and mean, yeah, it feels nice, Ollie. You haven't had to look at stats this week, but um, yeah, some some really good things there. Lean into the game, and from what Dan just said there, you know, <clears throat> you know, I, I kind of looked at the results beforehand as well, and that sort of thing in our general form. And I went into this game quite positive. So when I saw the team selection, I, I felt I felt quite positive as well. So do you want to run us through that? Yeah, it was a well balanced team selection. Um, so we signed um, Ogbetter um, in the week, so he came mm-hmm. in. We expected him to start there, but we'll come back to him a bit later on where we can share some insight on what kind of player he is. Um, but we played our, our normal 3-4-1-2. So we had Sausage and Goals. We had the, the back three back to normal with Williams, Ebanks and Pierre. Um, Love yep. came at right wing back, um, which might have been a surprise for some, but I thought that was a good decision. Um, Vela and Norburn, Chapman and Ado came in for Clark. Clark, who was injured, and Pennington was injured as well. Um, so, Dan, when you saw that lineup, what was your first thoughts? Well, I think I think it's a lineup where the players know what they should be doing. Uh, I think... Roshan Williams is a good case in point. I mean, he's been filling in at right wing back, but he never looks like a right wing back. He looks like uh, he should be playing on the right of a three. So I I felt quite pleased for him, to be honest, because he can still come forward with the ball if he wants to from there. But he just feels like he's more naturally at home in in that position. So shape wise, I thought it looked really good. I think Chapman is in the right place, uh, you know, up, up there, moving forward, be, being aggressive and direct in his running. And Donald Love, I mean, I'm, I may well not be the, the, the greatest fan of Donald Love, but he is a right win back. He's at least in the right place. So my, my initial instinct was that if we lose, it, it won't be because we got the shape wrong. Yeah, no one was out of position, Ollie, for the first time 
time in a few weeks, yeah. were they? Which I really think helped put um, a, a real marker down on the performance level, to be honest with you, because everyone kind of knew their roles. And again, Dan's right. You know, I'm not one of Love's biggest fans, um, and but you, you couldn't complain about his performance. And, and it, it was a, it was a bedrock really of, of how we, we were solid at the back, and we did try to get forward. But yeah, that that, that lineup and that that sort of formation, other than maybe swapping out one of the strikers, someone with a bit more a goal scoring record, is probably what I'd like to see going forward. Um, I think it's really harsh on Pennington Ollie for for him to get this injury, and it sounds like he's fallen on his shoulder quite badly and it's going to be one of those yeah. ones where he has an x-ray or a scan this week and it's either dislocated or, or something worse like a broken collarbone or something so you've got to keep your fingers crossed really because um I, I was hoping to see a lot more of him and it, it sounds like we'll be out him for quite a while doesn't it yeah it's a shame for him um yeah, yeah. going back to love I, I tweeted during the game that you know he's never he's not Danny Alves and he's probably not a right wing back <laughs> that you'd want if you want to try and get promotion let's be honest yeah but at least he is a round peg in a round hole um, he isn't um, flamboyant, um, you know. He's not going to run at five thousand miles an hour down the wing, but um, he does some sensible stuff. He keeps the ball. He, he wins his tackles, and um, yeah, I thought he had a good performance again. Um, as did the whole team. I thought. Yeah, you, could, you couldn't complain about the performance, could you? So, yeah, do you want to do you want to throw? Well, I mean, well, before we start, really, I should, should ask Dan and yourself, really, how are you feeling before this one? Obviously, we looked at those stats and you saw the team. And were you confident about this one as, as you have been about maybe some of the other games as our forms picked up, Dan, or were you, were you still quite nervous? Well, I wasn't really confident when we went to Hull or Lincoln no, or Doncaster. So, yeah. so that, that, those performances so it surprised me a lot. I was, um, and, and I was speaking to some of the other South East Shrews about this, but I was reasonably confident before, and I went for a, a 1 0 um, win in our, in our chat group. But largely, as I thought we, we would really sit back, I thought we'd play with a decent shape, and we, we do have a degree of pace going forward. So I, I thought there was plenty of potential in the game. But what I didn't expect was for us to play so well with the ball and without the ball. Um, I, I thought we were really good in every department. And um, that, that was a pleasant surprise. But I certainly didn't go into the game expecting to be beaten 5-1 like we were just before Christmas, that's for sure. What about you, Ollie? How are you feeling? Yeah, I was just really pleased for football to be back again on a Saturday with, yeah, with no true. delays. Um, so, yeah, a cup of tea ready, sat down, got ready to go. And, yeah, just really pleased just for the football to be back. Nice to have um, Stu Dunn and Mark Elliott back as well commentating. So it all kind of felt right in the world. And, yeah, I was looking outside the window and it was blowing a gale. Um, the bushes and trees were blown all over the place. So, yeah, I was just really <laughs> pleased for the football to be back. And, yeah, as, as Dan said, you know, this 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 new reborn team, um, while the manager was not there, you did give you a bit of hope that you might be able to do something. Um, and I thought it was interesting just seeing the teams warm up. And before the game, I'd looked what the weather forecast was going to be because there was that risk of snow. And it was a real free of minus three. Um, and when the Tudor Town players warmed up, I don't know, they just gave me a little bit of confidence that they were up for this game um, and they were ready Definitely. for ready for a, for a, a bit of a battle and a bit of a, you know, a proper League One clash. I think it was Lewis Cox who tweeted that they, they also did a, a period of warming up near the halfway line, near the Sunderland players. Now, I didn't see this on the iFollow stream. May well I tweeted this, by the way. Was it you? Was it, uh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. F- football sort of titans that you both are. Well, I thought it was really interesting point, Glenn. I mean, can you, can you yeah. talk through that? Well, I was about to say, yeah, it was really interesting. They, they did a warm-up, a, a sort of small area warm-up, really close to where the posh fans were. That's uh, posh fans. The posh players posh were, fans. were doing... Yeah, the, <laughs> you the said... Posh, the, the, Dan just said Sunderland and you just said posh fans. But yeah. oh, dear, all over the place. Yeah, there we go. It's fine. It's, uh, it's been a long week already. Uh, we haven't yeah. started it. Um, yeah, but yeah, they, they did it close to them. And it was one of those things where I, I kind of have the stream on for about half an hour, 25 minutes before the game starts, just as I'm doing some sort of stuff on Twitter and bits and pieces beforehand. And it was really noticeable how loud our trainers were while the players were out there. And they were snapping 
slipping into challenges and they were going, chase it, chase it, get at them, get at them. And then you couldn't, you know, you couldn't really hear that coming from the Peterborough side. And then occasionally you'd look at, you look up at the screen and the Peterborough, a couple of, couple of Peterborough players were looking over our, our warm up. And I just thought a little bit of that was a little mental edge maybe that we got that they knew before they walked out of that tunnel, we were going to smack into them. And I think it was reflected in the physicality we showed in the game, because I think over the course of the 90 minutes, I think we kind of bullied them a little bit in some respects. And I think that was drilled into them by Wilbraham and um, the other, the other coaches that were out on the pitch in that, in that warm up, which is probably a cultural thing. And I think fantastic. Let's see, to see more of that really. Yeah, and I think our tactics was playing. I think it's maybe part of a, of a master game plan, um, yeah. which we'll come on to. Um, and yeah, we certainly wanted to um, test them. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think it's fair to say that Posh started better than us. Um, they they started quite calmly in possession. Um, they I thought they started quite well, and they they had more possession than us in the first kind of five ten minutes. Um, and I th- yeah, even though we had that good warm up, Glenn, I thought we were a little bit maybe a bit slow, kind of coming out of the, the, the blocks. Um, and there was a chance for Dembele. So Williams, unfortunately, was out of line of the rest of the defence. Um, the ball over the top for Dembele. Um, Dembele tries to take the ball under control. Williams comes flying in. Um, Dembele has a shot, a goal. But I don't know if you guys noticed this. Um, I thought that was a penalty for Peterborough. Williams pulled him um, and put him off just as he was going to shoot. Well, I remember the incident. And I remember thinking that when things are going against you, when you're, you know, when you're in that bad run of form, those things can be given. Um, I didn't think it was a penalty, but I did. I did notice it, and I did just for that split second to have a, a bit of a heart flutter because you know on a bad day it can go you know can go against you. Yeah, I, I didn't really notice it. Yeah, yeah, it's no, not really. I, I do yeah. I only watched it on the when I was when I was doing the the pod prep. Didn't notice it in real time. I gasp as it all happened, um, but I did notice it in real times. But yeah, he gives them a, not a, a strong jerk, but enough to put him off. Mm. And then yeah, I guess that's where um you know not having VAR um you can get away with that in League One. Yeah, that that moment was a bit scary, but Sarkic did really well. Didn't need to come out and and, and smother it down. Dembele as well. Yeah, it was, and he's a decent player. But I think after that moment, really, we really started to get into Dembele, and you know, he was clearly their most threatening player, an absolutely fantastic player in that five-one game. From watching that stream back, he was. He was devastating, really, wasn't he? And and the control and and the 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 close marking that we had on him, and the physicality we left on him as well. Not in a, not a bad way, but Love left, you know, Love and Williams particularly left a couple of challenges in there that were hard but fair to me. It, it kind of saw him out the game as it went on, and um, that that really kind of took away their attacking impetus. I thought, Dan. Yeah, I think Dembele's an interesting one. I mean, I know some of the some clubs in in higher divisions are sniffing around him, and I can I can totally see why. But ultimately, he, he didn't really get in the game after that. We, nope. we, we, I'm, and I'm not sure if that's because. Peterborough's aside were very timid and really didn't try and, and attack us with any sort of venom or whether we, we just set ourselves up so well that, that we, we, we cancelled him out. And I think it might well have been a bit of both. Yeah. But when, when a player of that quality can't get in the game, then that, that's nothing but complimentary to the way we're setting ourselves up, really. Yeah, Love did well, yeah. didn't he, Ali? Yeah, Love did well, but I think it was a bit of both. Um, I think we'll come back to that point as the game goes on about how they tried to play and how it didn't work. Um, but yeah, definitely they couldn't get the ball to Dembele. Um, but then in terms of, um, so yeah, they've got one star man um, for Peterborough and then all of, then our star man kind of took over. Um, <laughs> and I thought this was um, a brilliant bit of play. So um, so basically the ball's kind of like halfway of their half, um, near the centre circle. Chapman does a little flick. Um, he turns into space. Um, he then runs near to, towards the edge of the box. Um, he has a shot. Um, but Dan, it comes to a doe, doesn't it? 
Yeah, I mean, the thing with the dose, I'm not even sure he realised it hit his foot, to be honest. <laughs> it was such a shank from Chapman that, that it really just went in the direction of the dough. And of course, you know, with the benefit of hindsight, he had basically the whole goal to aim for because the keeper had gone following the shank of a shot. And, um, you know, it looks like a it looks like a bad miss. But I think he had so little time to react that uh, it, it was just one of those moments where you hope luck favours you and the ball flies in. Yeah, it came at him really quick, Dan. I agree. I can't really blame it, though, for that. Um, but it just shows his luck, doesn't it? Even though he tries to get a toe on it and he almost steers it into goal and it hits the the inside of the post and on it... <laughs> For a lucky player that's, you know, going to get his goals, it kind of just, you know, spirals in, doesn't it? But unfortunately, his rebound took it straight back to the keeper. So his, his luck's just not in at the moment, is it, though, really? And uh, you do want well, him to score. He had a really a good game, though, Glenn. I, I, I mean, I, yeah. I'm not always a Doe's biggest fan, but he, but he he really held the ball up nicely. He, he worked Chapman and the other midfielders into the game impressively. The, the, the big question mark will always be how many goals is he going to score? Yeah, exactly. um, and that's where a bit of luck is, is, is probably needed, to be honest. Um, mm. Because otherwise, he'll end up... Centimeter. Yep. Yeah, a centimetre or a blade of grass to the to the right and it would have gone in. It was that that close, wasn't it? And this is where um, Williams leaves one on Dembele with a bit of a soldier charge and gets a yellow. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, free kick was then cleared from Shrewsbury and then Ward shot from range. And for me, this came a bit of a, a, bit of a theme for Posh. Um, and then there's another theme, which is a few moments later, um, a, flow in, a throw in from the left for Shrewsbury and Wally wins at 50-50. Um, a big, strong centre half gets his shoulder um, or his, his kind of collar blown, touched by Wally, and he goes down. And the ball comes to Vela, um, and Vela shoots from range. And it's not a bad effort. And for me, I thought that just kind of summed up Posh's kind of grit and desire. Dan, they didn't, they didn't really seem up for this. And by this time of the game, um, you know, I thought Shrewsbury's dominance physically was was definitely um, impacting the game. There was something strange going on there because because Posh are, are a side that are used to winning. Um, I'm sure they've had to take the strain in a number of those games because one always does. They've had quite a few 1-0 victories away from home. And yet they drifted badly off the pace. And particularly in the second half, uh, I, I felt, you know, sooner or later the storm will come. And it never really did. It never really did. And, and I, if I was in, in the posh management team, I'd have probably read the right act at half time. And goodness knows what I'd have said after the game, because it was it was a really poor 90 minutes from from a side that by all accounts is pretty decent. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. third in the league going into this game. Um, and as you said at the start, a really, really good run of form. Um, and yeah, we continue to dominate. So yeah, good ball out to Love, um, to Ado, to, to Wally, cuts inside. Um, the ball comes out to, to Love after um, Wally's effort was blocked. And then we go for another corner. I guess, we're still to be fair though, um, there was an, a good effort from Posh. Um, there's a narrow cross from kind of a central area, but the ball goes wide. And yeah, we've just kind of, that's really the first half. There wasn't too many action points. Shrewsbury probably maybe you'd say had maybe their better chances. But I thought it was really, really interesting in terms of the approach of the game. So both teams playing exactly the same formation, um, but Shrewsbury play quite differently. And I thought Shrewsbury's approach was really interesting. So we were, for me, we were clearly trying to get the ball forward quickly. One of the biggest out balls was Pierre, who was playing it right across to a doe or to the love area. And as you mentioned, Dan, a doe did a really, really good job kind of winning the ball down. And for me, our, our aim was to get the second balls, win the second balls and then play. And I thought we did that really well, where Posh tried to play through the lines. And, you know, after we after they broke our first press, we got back into shape. And I thought well, they were, we were really, really hard to break down. And, yeah, for me, for me, um, I just thought that um, Peterborough couldn't really get their game going. And that was that was partly through their own poor application, but also because we were so well, um, so well defensively structured. And um, we got back really well. Um, did, yeah. So as you said, Dan, were you a bit quite surprised the first half? 
Oh, I was. And, and I, th- I thought it was quite interesting the way that they played that system, actually, because I think you're spot on. It, it was basically the same system, but, but interpreted in very different ways. And the, one of the things that occurred to me is Pim, the goalkeeper, would throw the ball out to the, the two wing backs. And quite often when he got the ball, he, he would not give it necessarily to the centre halves. It would go to the wing backs. Um, when we had it, when Sarkic had it, he would never, ever give it to Love or Ogbetta. They were always told to push 20 or 30 yards further up the field. It would always go to Pierre or yeah. to Ibrahim um, Landell or, or, or to Williams. And I thought that was interesting because clearly um, we wanted our, our wing backs to be 20 or 30 yards further up the pitch. And, and that, that gives us more opportunity to keep the ball because you can give it to Udo and he's got, he's got more opportunities with the wing backs in the game. Now, if the wing backs themselves are doing the passing, then they're naturally further back. And, and I think that really helped us um, generate a bit of momentum, to be honest. And it meant that Peterborough went left to right, right to left, and they obviously got stuck in that rut and, and never got out of it. I totally agree, Dan. I, there was other things as well I spotted in that first half I really enjoyed. Um, number one was when Norburn and Vela got the ball, the first touch was a touch forward and then they went, and although uh, it was a, a pass, you know, straight into to Odo, or it was more often than not to Chapman. And and having him in that number 10 position, one of his biggest strengths, aside, aside from shooting, obviously, um, is the fact that he is a real good guy for finding the space because there's still people in there amongst him and, and trying to mark him, but he just drifts into some lovely positions. And it, and it gave Norburn and Vela when they eventually got it off the back line and the easy pass out through the line at, at times and you know when we weren't going long Ollie but he just gives them a not much nicer option and if he was out of there then a doe had pulled in there and it just meant that we weren't conceding possession quite as often and getting the whole team further up the pitch um and the whole thing helped I, I thought that you know Chapman deserved some, some real credit really for some of the positions he picked up um and and, and it really helped us and that, that's why for me I really enjoyed watching that performance it was just such a, a more front foot and an entertaining kind of football to watch Ollie than what we've been watching over the the Sam Ricketts period and we're starting to see come out more and more under Cotra on it. I really can't wait to see how it develops with maybe another striker and you know wing backs that he maybe wants at right wing back. It's it's exciting to see that if, if this is the bedrock of what he can build on top of that. And it's yeah. interesting how Norburn suddenly passes the ball forward. You know, square ball yeah. Norburn is dead. You know that 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 not Ollie Norburn Norburn that was going backwards is crazy. not here anymore. He's, he's yep. suddenly a, you know a player with real energy and dynamism. Not that he never sort of not tried it was more that I, I felt he he lost sort of direction a bit and he, he absolutely had it on Saturday yeah. yeah I think the long ball thing was for me is really really interesting when Cottrell first came in he wanted the Sarsic to kind of play at the back and for me I think he's realized that's not really Sarsic's game um, and I think he's decided you know that we don't really have the technical players to do that so our strengths to get the ball forward really good observation Dan let's try and get the wing backs forward um, so, they, mm. so we you know we're not messing around with the ball in the back in our own half like Peterborough were. But also, when sometimes when there was a simple ball for Pierre, particularly to get the ball and give the ball to better, he didn't do it. He launched it long to get forward. And yeah, for me, our clear um, aim was to get that ball in that final third, and that's where we played most of our football, which is really interesting. Where Peterborough played most of their football in their own third, in their defensive third. And then you think really interesting on Chapman. And if you think about Z- um, Zambriak, why we let him go. Zambiak and Chapman both play number 10s, but they both play it very differently, don't they? And yeah. I can see, really see why Ch- Chapman is much the better choice. I'd say probably over the course of the season, Zambiak would probably get more assists, but Chapman's going to get you more goals. And the way that we play with Norburn Vela, they were, they're so good when they're running forward and they've got a man to go off. And then you've got, um, and the way that Wally plays as well, having Chapman as that kind of running, um, driving number 10 is absolutely perfect for this team. Um, and I'm really, really pleased with how, with how we performed on Saturday. He'll get assists as well. He played a couple of really... Yeah, but he won't get as many as well. No, but do you know what I mean? 
Yeah. yeah but do you I, know what I mean, though? Zambarek is more of a passer and kind of move, but but Chapman is, get me the ball, I will run at them. He's a better dribbler than Zambarek, yeah. uh, and he's better on the ball. I'm not saying he won't call us, but do you know what I mean? He's more direct. Yeah, they're different players. I to- totally agree with you there, I, I would say. Uh, just in terms of sort of slight negatives from the first half for me, set pieces, we wasted them. Um, we are going to miss Daniels on those. I think the quality that we, we've had with him over these last few weeks is now gone. And, and Wally and uh, I think it was uh, Chapman a couple of times, a couple of really wasted corners and free kicks. So obviously something to build on there when we get back into training this week. Um, and for me, despite our positive and front foot football it was, and it was lovely to watch at times, Still, just in that first half, obviously it was different second half, way different from the minute we came out, I thought. But we still just didn't quite test the keeper or, or find that final ball or pass, did we, first no. half? And that was my frustration, Dan, when I went into half time. It felt like we played really well, but we just still some of those little problems from the old days were still kind of reoccurring in the final third. Yeah, I, th- I think that's right. And, and I think that's mm-hmm. where having Wally, who's not an out-and-out striker, next to Udo is, is not, it's not going to help really. Wally brings many qualities to that role, but in, in terms of actually um, you know, playing right up, getting right up on the back line and, and playing as an out-and-out striker, he's never going to do it. So sometimes we can look like we lack the cutting edge, which is where we need somebody like um, Chapman to come to the party. I mean, talking about Zambura, it's interesting, he's gone back to Brentford and he's playing. Uh, he, came, he came on on it's the third time he's come off the bench and I just think mm. it's interesting because it can totally show how a certain player can fit in a certain setting and, a, and another player may not um, and uh, you know best of luck to him to be honest yeah I think to the point about our attacking play we had four shots on target in the whole game you know we had ten on target in the whole match um, we scored two really good long range efforts from Chapman but for me you know, Cottrell's come in and he's really improved our defensive shape. He's really improved our transition in defence. We're really, really robust um, defensively and positionally and organised. For me, now the next step now is, is improving our attacking play. Um, Ogbeta is a raw talent, so we see what he comes, he he can show. Um, and then obviously Love we've discussed already. So, and the strikers are clearly not amazing. You know, Wally's doing a good job and he's a club legend, but, you know, he's not a, he's not an a, a out-and-out striker um, and he's not going to score you 15, 20 goals a season. So I think we are in a huge transition, aren't we? Um, and obviously, Kiptral's not really going to get his team until we get um, through the summer and really transform the squad. So I think to kind of, um, kind of, I don't know, temper our expectations. I don't think our attacking play is going to be amazing for the rest of the season. I think that's why we're playing the bit of a percentage football. Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, it, it's interesting with our goal score now, what we've got across the season. It's still pretty low, isn't it? It's yeah. 23 goals scored. You know, you look at the teams in the top half of the table. They've all mostly got over 30 now. So we're training behind on that. But then our defensive stats are so much better than some of the teams in the top yeah. half. You know, we've we've only lost seven games this season, Ollie. It's the same as Hollow were top, Peterborough who were fourth, and Charlton who were seventh. It's a bit bonkers, really, that stat. And just goes to show, I think our attacking play is quite poor. And would you yeah. imagine you'd agree with that, Tom? Yeah, I mean, we haven't quite got the right personnel there have we if we're being brutally no. honest I think both Udo and, and Wally are in the side for for, for the right reasons that they're, they're both offering but none of the neither of those are natural goal scorers so you know dare yeah. I say it but if, if someone who's on fire maybe wants to come and join us from Sunderland then I, I see the angle uh, I'm not saying he, I'm not saying he's the answer necessarily but he is an out and out centre forward and that, that that might well be the, the type of player that, that, that could really sort of bounce us into the into the next stage, which will be, you know, a side that's around eighth to tenth looking at the playoffs rather than one that's just pleased to be mid table. I'm pretty convinced Leon Clark and Rico Pike aren't the answer. And that's your Will Grigg replacement for me, in my opinion. You keep a Doe and Wally on and you, you rotate around them and maybe you bring in another striker. But we'll, we'll talk about it at the end, Ollie, when we get to transfers, won't we? But yeah, yeah. I think Pike is a bit harsh. 
How many minutes no, no, has he I Yeah, I, I haven't seen much of him, to be honest. Yeah. No, I, I no, can understand where you're coming from, Glenn. Yeah, he, he doesn't look amazing. He has, But we hasn't really seen, and I would always hold judgment to, until we actually see him play properly, because how many minutes has he played? <laughs> not, he's played 160 minutes in the league. That's that's not really a sample to. Glenn, to you're judge. a brutal man. You're I'm a brutal. still confidently predict, like I did when we signed him, that he won't score five goals this season, Ollie, and that does look like a fairly fairly good bet there. Although he wants it, though, to be fair. But um, I know <laughs> I what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Um, so yeah, second half started, um, and I think it's fair to say we we started pretty well. I thought I thought we started even probably even better actually. Um, so really? yeah. Um, really nice ball from Love to Worley, who sets up a doe and has a tame shot in the box. And again, that comes back to that kind of problem we have of a doe. He had a good opportunity there. He didn't really threaten the goalkeeper. Um, not too much else happened. Um, and then 51 minutes, classic Peterborough. So Peterborough have the ball. They have a load of time and space. And we're sitting in our, in our block. And um, they try to play a, a long pass to, to Dembele. And Williams spots the pass, he picks it, and he runs forward. Um, Smodic, who's normally their number 10, is with their midfielders, and he, and he tackles Williams. But Smodic, unfortunately, overhits the ball. The central defenders are static. They don't want to do anything. They don't want to get involved. It comes to Chapman. He puts it onto his left foot, and he absolutely rockets it into the back of the net. Um, brilliant nice. start. So that's 51 minutes. Brilliant start to the, to the second half for Shrewsbury. Just a class goal, a class finish from a, from a, what looks like a class player, to be honest with you. And uh, you know, Dan, you won't you won't see many better goals to open your account for for a team at home, will you? No, it's a breath of fresh air. I have to say, yeah. you know, seeing the confidence to go to go forward and do that. And I I, I spoke to a friend of mine, a season ticket holder at Blackburn, and he said one thing you'll find with Chapman is he he is not lacking in confidence. He he will back himself to to do you know to make contributions and in a way you know it, it's almost a case of you know tempering that confidence to make sure that he doesn't go too far with it. But given the problems we've had going forward, a player with that that confidence and that ability is is an absolute sort of win win in every way. And mm. and um, you know every respect to him for that because he's 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 brought other players forward too. Other players look more confident because he's on the ball, which is which is always good to see. Oh, do you know what reminded me of a bit, Ollie? Is in terms of home debuts, everyone's like, "What well, can you ever think of a home debut that was as good as as good as that in terms of goal scoring?" You know, if we think back to a, a long time back now, when Gilfie Sigerson made his home debut, scored on mm-hmm. home debut as a young lad, you know, absolutely dominated the game. Didn't quite play number ten, but was pretty attacking in terms of a midfield. It felt a little bit like that moment for me. Um, but uh, yeah, obviously two different types of players, and probably going to go on to have different careers. But um, Glenn, can I go yeah. old school on this? And go on then. Anyone who's over forty, Dougie Bell. When he okay. debuted for us against Huddersfield on New Year's Day in 1987, he, he, we won 3-1. And I'd never heard of Dougie Bell. He came down from from Scotland, and he was absolutely phenomenal. So Great. any any old boys listening, uh, he yeah. reminded me of that sort of debut. An impact, not quite from nowhere, but an impact I wasn't totally expecting. Yeah, fair, fair that Ollie, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, really fair, um, really fair. And I think it's fair worth saying that um, you know Posh didn't stop, did they? They didn't, you know, they didn't completely give up. Um, they had a good opportunity to try and score themselves. Um, good cross from Ward. Um, and Clark Harris head is over. He didn't have the best game. Um, no. And then this was an amazing bit of play. So proper hoof from Williams to clear a lot, clear his lines. And Wally gets behind Posh and, yeah, dinks the goalkeeper, but the goalkeeper makes a good save. And, and Glenn, I think save. that was a... Yeah, I think that was a... It was a good, good save, but Unlucky, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it was unlucky, but I'd, I don't know. Uh, I'd say maybe, I don't know. I'd like to see a, a genuine striker there and see what they would have done with it. But um, yeah, he was unlucky. 
there's still a hard chance for me that to be honest. Yeah. You're trying to lob a keeper who's back backpedaling pretty quickly, and you've got to hit it first time. I think he did as well as he could have done. Maybe he would have liked to have gone the other side of the goal, looking at the way the keeper was running back. But it's a, it's an instant reaction, Dan, isn't it? And you know, you've played enough football, you've got to kind of trust your judgment. And yeah, I can't really blame Wally for that one too much. No, I, I, when he hit it, I thought it was in. I, I thought the keeper. Yeah, was I did. And, and, and respect due to him, he did well to claw it away. Yeah, I wanted just to say, you know, to be fair to Wally, we haven't really mentioned him too much and we've talked about the strikers and lack of effort, but there is never no lack of effort from the man, is there? You've got got to give him an absolute huge amount of credit, you know, from being one of the oldest people in that team. He ran his bollocks off again on Saturday and and that, for Shrewsbury Town fans, you know, he's obviously well regarded because of how long he's been here and he wants to sign a new deal this week, Ollie, which I think is fantastic and we should definitely do. Um, But to be fair, the older he gets, the more wise and and hardworking and and useful he becomes. And And it will be a shame if we bring another striker and he has, to, he has to go back to a bit part role because he hasn't really let us down over these last few weeks, has he, Ollie, considering his age? No, he's doing really well. I was interested in his interview. Mm-hmm. He mentioned that he um, he started his career in non-league, so he didn't have as many miles on the tank um, compared to maybe True. players that start a professional club. Um, but yeah, he's been absolutely excellent service. He's been really, really good for us this year. Um, it'd be interesting to see how he'd perform if he had a maybe a, a better partner. Um, maybe he'll yeah. start Angrig. Um, but yeah, um, while I was obviously criticising him in terms of you know not scoring again, which is which obviously we want him to score. Um, yeah, another good performance from him, and uh, yeah, he just kept on keeps on running. Um, but talking of good performances, we haven't really mentioned um, the, the the other debut, home debut, and that was yeah. Rogbetta. And yeah, first half I thought he was you know he didn't do, he did one really good run where he went past the wing back and put a ball into a ball in the box. That's but right. other than that, I thought he was really calm and assured in the first half, and then the second half. He nearly catches the goalkeeper out, um, and the goalkeeper perhaps to dive and uh, divert a cross um, over for a corner. Um, Dan, I thought he had a good a good um, debut. Yeah, very solid. I mean, it's easy to remember. He's you know he's a young lad, um, and he, he's come out come from rarefied air, you know, at Manchester City mm. um, to, to you know to, to the rough and tumble of League One. I mean, in the first half he had one cross, and I remember seeing the cross and thinking. I, I really like the look of that. And, and the reason why, this might sound ridiculous, I mean, as, as someone who's played fullback at a very low level, I always sort of look at the fullbacks. And it, it was his right arm, right? Because he's left-footed. And to get balance so that you can get that your foot round the ball, you tend to sort of just angle your body away from the ball. But you can't go too far. Otherwise, you'll just shank the ball away from the goal. So you get you get your arm out. And for him, it's his right arm. And the very first cross, he gets around the ball. He gets his foot around the ball and his right arm goes out. I mean, the Germans even have a word for this. They call it a Beckham flanker, so a Beckham cross, because Beckham is brilliant mm-hmm. at it. And so it's about balance. And I thought, right, he's going to be able to cross that ball so it just goes away from the goalkeeper, smack onto a centre-forward's head. Uh, it's, not, it's not pinging it direct. It's got a genuine sort of curve on it. And I only saw one of those in the first half. And, and I thought... Thought, right, okay, he can cross the ball. He's going to be an asset. We just got to see whether we can get it to him. It was the fact he. The thing I liked about it was that it was it wasn't just that he got a ball in space and then knocked it in really lovely, like you just talked about. It was the fact he got it, you know, had that body shape, dropped a shoulder, went past his man, not kind of left him for dead a little bit, and yeah. and then had the the wiseness to cross it in. Wise beyond his years, I would describe his performance for a debut. Um, he didn't didn't let us down at all. He didn't look out of place considering this was his, it was his debut. To me, he felt a little bit more of a junior Brown than saying Omar Beckles playing left wing back in that, you know, he's got a bit, maybe a bit more of a, of a, of a, a winger's uh, appearance to him. However, Ollie, I know you've got some, some intel on him and he, he's, you know, he can play in a lot of positions, but generally centre back is where he's been playing. So it is interesting that he maybe is a more, more defensive player, but actually looks like a, a more attacking wing back than maybe some of the ones we've had over these years. Yeah, but, but overall, I thought a fantastic debut from him. And um, again, a, a lot more to come from him, no doubt, Ollie. And you can see the yeah, Manchester City in him, Ollie. Do you not know think? Yeah, in the, in you the see the technical half. ability. Yeah. yeah, 
His technical ability is spot on. And it was also really interesting that um, the, the assistant manager talked about his decision making, which comes back mm. to his, his school and, in, and his coaching. Um, and I think he's a great addition. Um, and for me, it's, it's like, um, yeah, it's a bit like Roshan Williams, Mark II. You know, he, he saw in his interview, he spoke really well, really well for a young lad. Um, and he seems quite smart and he's, he's that came across in the game. And, you know, a player that's, you know, he's come to Shrewsbury, he wants to forge a career. Um, good luck to him. And I think it's a great sign. And, and for me, it's I, a, a marker. Chapman and Obeta having yeah. a head of recruitment, getting good and, players. Pennington. Correlation there. Yeah, Pennington Yeah, as and well. Pennington. Yeah, I, I think I would agree with all the ones he's brought in so far. And it's funny, the, the funniest thing I thought about Obeta was that uh, Dunny was like, oh, he's a good Man City player. And it's good that we're bringing players in like on like this on loan. I thought when Danny finds out later on we've signed him permanently, he's going to be bloody <laughs> delighted, isn't he? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I know. I'm oh, not I missing that. That's good. Yeah, he makes. I he, missed he that makes, as you know, well. He's hilarious, to be fair. So yeah, he'll be chuffed, and I'm chuffed. We've got him, and I'm looking forward to seeing uh, you know talk about assets and and sell on value and stuff. He'll look. He looks like yeah. someone that could could be that man. But just before we get to the, the clinching goal, really, I just wanted to talk about Vela and Norbin because um, we haven't really got it in the agenda. But I just wanted to just talk about how good they were in this game, Ollie, in terms of. You know, bringing the ball out from the back, the the way they they both played on the front foot, and particularly Vela, I suppose as well. He is absolutely frightened the life out of Peterborough at times when he went steaming into them. And it, it is good to have two physical central midfielders in there, Dan, that have got the ability to put it in. But also, when they receive the ball, you're not worried about them losing it straight away at the moment. And the interesting thing with Vela is when he came to the club, all I sort of remember was that he'd scored double figures for Bolton. So I had yeah. him as playing 25 yards further up the field. Yet in this formation, he looks to me like he's someone who will put his foot on the ball. He's got he's a calm in a storm and he'll mm. find a way to keep us moving forward. You know, he'll play that crucial first pass that will get us um, that, that will get us a bit of space to, to build a move. And yet, of course, when you look at the way he wins the ball, he, you know, he really does win the ball. You know, he, he doesn't go flying through people old school. But if he goes for a tackle, then I've got a fair degree of faith that he's going to win it. And, and this is not the Vela I thought we'd signed. I thought we'd signed a different footballer. But he mm. looks to me to evolve into a position there that, that suits him perfectly. And um, I'm very interested to see where David Davis comes in here, guys. Because I, I, yeah, I, I mean, someone will get injured, someone will get suspended. You, you, you always need a, a surf, you know, extra players. But at the moment, I'm not sure David Davis plays, does he? No, I don't David think he Edward does. Doesn't. <laughs> yeah, David, David probably does not. That's for sure. <laughs> no, but I think yeah, you know, we've got a game on Tuesday, a game on Saturday, and um, League One, as we as we know, um, is forty six games. That's a lot of minutes plus all the other cups we go in. So yeah, I, I think Vela's been yeah. To your point, Vela we thought was a number ten, but he can do the number eight or the six role, however you might describe it in this formation. Him and, and Norbert clearly work well together. Um, but actually, while we're just talking about working well together, I really like um, how Chapman works. You know, not just going forward, but defensively as well. And the three of them have got this really, really good understanding. So they've only played a few games together. So what we see from Chapman is he often, you know, he comes back. Um, and and as, as the assistant manager said in his post-match, when he doesn't have the ball, we want him to see, see him working as an eight. And sometimes he puts up on the left. Sometimes he pops up on the right. Sometimes he's in the middle. But I think it's, it just shows what good pros they are, that the three of them uh, are really be able to get themselves organised and slot themselves in. So when we are defending, we're, so, we're really, really hard to break down. And I think that part of the game, Dan, is for me, gives me encouragement that how well we're being coached, even with the manager's absence. Yeah, I mean, that, that is the coaching, isn't it? That's the strategy. That's the little things. That's the you know, the anal retentiveness of our manager. And I mean that in the most endearing way possible. <laughs> he, he, he spots the detail and I'm pretty sure he'll, he'll tell them about it. I mean, obviously I don't go to the training ground. I don't, I don't see how he works, but I suspect he's way more hands-on than, than was the case uh, w w with Ricketts. And, and, and you can tell that, that the players get it. 
so something about the methods r- rings true with them and and organizationally we're, we're a different world from from where we were just three months ago Yes, improvement is not a fluke in any way whatsoever. We've talked about no. this last week, haven't we, Ollie? So, yeah, it, it is interesting. I think that for me, about Chapman, just to touch on him one last time, is that I think what you described as the reason why he'll probably become an absolute fan's favourite, Ollie, over the rest of the season is because he's clearly got an absolute ton of skill and flair that fans love. He'll get you off your seat, but also he works hard, which is a prerequisite for playing for Shrewsbury Town. Um, so, if you combine both of those things, like a Nolan, for example, you quite quickly become a fan's favourite. So, I can almost certainly see everybody into 2021 wearing headbands because uh, hairbands and Alice bands because no one's getting <laughs> haircuts we'll all have loads of hair and uh, we'll all need something to, to, to take the Chapman hairstyle I'm going to give it a go I think Ollie it's, it's the way forward <laughs> and I think that's um, for me just kind of puts on another reason why I think he suits this team because we've got this really clear way of defending now um, if, if the opposition get the ball in their half um, the front three including Chapman will try and win the ball back if they don't win the ball back, then we revert back to our, our defensive block. And we're yep. really good at doing that now. We're really good at getting to the transition. But the thing I also like from this game as well is we actually did win the ball in their half a few times. Chapman mm-hmm. was involved in that. And whether it's Wally or Doe pressing or just kind of putting pressure on, um, I'm really pleased to see that's continuing. Because obviously we saw that's how we scored against Lincoln. Um, and I think it's great that we can press and also um, get into a, a really good shape as well. So, yeah, really, really, really pleased with him. Um, and then continuing the trend of how good he was how good was this this second goal so long ball forward um yeah hits a posh defender and he goes down um chapman gets the ball in space he drives forward um and he's really poor defending from posh there they had one we basically chapman's able to isolate one peterborough defender when they have a back three which is quite poor from their point he gets it onto his right foot this time shoots into the back of the net and damn another brilliant finish yeah, it's excellent. I, 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 I was a little surprised that the play was allowed to carry on. Actually, I don't know. I don't know if I got this right. I've only seen it once. But I, when the ball went forward, I thought Wally fouled their their player, and, and it may have been an accidental. One. I thought he sort of ran into him, and certainly the Peterborough player in the first instance in the centre circle went down like like a sack of spuds, and, and I, my instinct was it was a foul. And uh, I think Wally thought it was a foul as well. Actually, if you look back on it, I, I'm pretty sure Wally stopped. <laughs> But but by then, you know, Chapman was away. And I have to say, as soon as he got within 25 yards of goal, there was no doubt what he was going to do. And, and you know, I, I wouldn't have put my mortgage on him scoring, but I've, I might have had a dabble because he, he just mm-hmm. looked like he was going to go and give it give it a good old whack. He's straight at the keeper in some respects. If you look at yeah. it, I mean, yeah. it's just the power that does for the keeper. I mean, in some respects, I wonder if the Peterborough fans might have been expecting a bit more there, but it's the power that does it. And you're completely right. The way you isolated that player was intelligent for me. It's intelligent forward play. And just a couple of little mini step overs there just to unsettle them as, as he's running at pace. And it's just it's just all the sort of things you want to see from a marauding number 10. Um, so, yeah, I was fine. I didn't really spot spot the foul in the build-up if there was one, to be honest with you. But I no, thought the referee across the game was pretty consistent with letting quite a, a few little bits and pieces go. I thought he let the game flow. One of the better refs we've had this season. I thought it was very good. Have to say. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. I, I yeah, I, there's a bit, a bit of debate on Twitter about what happened at this moment. I honestly thought that actually the ball hit this Peterborough player in the face, and it just the referee played on because oh, that's okay. not a foul. Um, but yeah, it, no. the ref Peterborough definitely wanted to um, were expecting more, um, and, it, and the, the referee was fair, and it was definitely in our favour. Um, interestingly, obviously Chapman's got as many goals as a doe now in the league, um, which is yeah, all for a doe. Um, but. Um, yeah, we, we actually, we we're going to talk next about um, Ogbeta, but actually we've talked about him quite a bit, haven't we? Yeah. Um, and I think he's going to probably going to start more than goalboard. So it'd be interesting to see who starts on Tuesday, but we'll expect him. But the second discussion what we had, um, yeah, I'll go to you, Glenn. What was your thoughts on Sarsic kicking? 
I got a bit battered on Twitter halfway through the, the first half where I said his kicking wasn't very good. And, and then into the second half as well. He kicked a lot out of play. I don't know if it was, you know, worse than the normal. It felt a lot worse, to be honest with you. But windy, yeah, I think, in his defence. but still, It was windy, yeah. I would agree completely. But um, after I said it, his kicking got worse, if anything. He shanked one, which wasn't a very good pass back to him out. But a lot of the time he was looking for, the, um, sometimes he was looking for the Miller-type crossfield ball. And unfortunately, Love's not quite as tall and it just sort of sailed out over the top of Love. I don't, I don't think we should play that ball when Love's playing right wing back. But um, yeah, I just... I I don't know. He's been brilliant so far and, and probably deserved the, the clean sheet and was really good in the moments we needed him. But yeah, I, I, it's the first time I've really noticed this kicking being being an issue. And I know a few people have talked about it before, Ollie. We've, we've talked about it being picked up, but um, it's not a major concern. I just I just thought his kicking was a little bit off. And again, something we can we can do better. I think there were yeah, two or three that... times where he was played in a bit. I think there was a couple from Pierre. Yeah. I thought Pierre had a very good game, I have to say. Oh, but, um, but there was a couple where he definitely, you know, Pierre could have just, just cleared it himself, quite frankly. But, um, mm. but some of it wasn't quite right. I think it's one to watch as we move forward. Yeah, yeah. But that's a, that's a nick, nick, nitpick, Ollie. I'm, I'm, you know, no. let's not p- yeah. continue on it. <laughs> yeah, it's not his strong point. Uh, it's something he probably needs to work on if he wants to work in playing the championship, to be fair. Um, yeah. But I think also in his defence, Odo did well winning a few balls, but we don't have an out and out outlet. Obviously, Miller was no. brilliant at that. We do miss that. And obviously, Sarkic's numbers been better for it. Um, but yeah, I guess, um, yeah, in terms of uh, performance, um, though, um, I think it's fair to say, I think we all enjoyed that one. And I very much enjoyed opening a beer um, after the game had finished to celebrate that win. Posh didn't get a corner, Ollie. I mean that's got no. to be pretty rare change town. They didn't didn't force us to give them one corner in the, the entire game. They had one free kick right at the end, didn't they? That was the only real set piece chance they had, and they hit it straight at Sarkic. So again, you know, we've talked about a lot of players here, and you just yeah, said you know, the PR Pierre was amazing, like Dan just said then. But yeah, the, the the central three were fantastic. And you know, we normally have been picking out this season Ebanks and Pierre as as the two most impressive players, even when we weren't doing very well. I thought Williams was bloody brilliant on Saturday. And again, when he gets out and goes for it, he, he's so difficult, a little bit like Pierre to kind of stop and um yeah all three of them re- really hard and it makes picking a top three in a minute very very difficult for me ollie um but yeah the last thing i was going to ask you guys really was you know and, and you probably can't judge this but you know you talk about that as a performance the performance level that we put in for that game and i, and I went back and started to think about how long it's been since we played consistently well across 90 minutes you know we had some good wins in the intervening period since Paul Hurst was here you know uh, uh, Sunderland at home for example under Ricketts where we won 1-0 but a lot of that was you know backs to the wall and gritty hard to beat like, this was a good performance and for me I went back and I couldn't find a home performance in the league um, that I thought was genuinely better than that since we played Bristol Rovers in, in the Hurst season when we won 4-0 and it just does go to show you quite how what level that was on really because we've not seen a, a really consistent home performance like that for quite some time have we? No, we haven't. It's fair to say Ricketts was a bit shit, wasn't he? And um, <laughs> it's taken us a long time to see. You know, we always talk about halves all the time. Oh, we had a good half. We didn't have a good second half. Or we, we didn't have a good first exactly. half. We had a good second half. We're actually seeing yeah. a team consistently put in a performance in, um, which is just so refreshing. And you're right. Now, that's why we had that stat about, um, you know, Shrewsbury fans were pointing out, when was the last time we had a two-goal lead? We had to go back to 2019. Um, it's 2021. Um, and in terms of good performances, yeah, that Bristol Rovers one was brilliant. And yeah, I can't really argue with that. I'd probably say in terms of home performances, you have to go back to, to that game. The Coventry one was quite good when we scored in the last minute, yep. but it wasn't yeah. a dominant performance, no. which is, I think, what you're alluding to here. And would you agree with that, Dan? Yeah, I was back in my brains as well. And I, I can't think of anything um, since that Bristol Rovers game, for sure. Uh, I thought the Coventry game was very good. The one before Christmas, right, in 2017. Yeah, where we I scored. Thought... We won in extra time or near the end yeah, of the game. Yeah, but, but yeah. We, we, I thought we played really well. Um, 
but I, I think it's it's interesting that we, we've won games playing different ways as well. We, we've been yeah. solid all the way through, not conceding many goals. But th- this game, we we looked like we had more on the ball. Now, moving forward, I mean, the interesting game now, Crew are a decent side. They're, they're on a decent run. But Swindon are struggling, and they're struggling badly. Now, they're going to come Crew were on a good run, mate. They're not anymore. Yeah, OK. I, I'll take that. But I think <laughs> they're going to come for a point, right? Um, and yeah. I'd be really interested to know or to see how we're going to deal with that because I think there'll be more onus on us to be more creative. And, and, you know, we may well rise to that challenge, but it's going to be totally different to the last, to most of the games we've played recently where we've not really expected much from them. I mean, Will Griggs' debut, won't it? So we'll be scoring loads of goals. <laughs> I don't know what you're worried about. So, um, yeah, it is going to be interesting. There's definitely different challenges coming up. I mean, it does feel a little bit like at the moment we want to play all the teams at the top because we're certainly absolutely doing fantastic against them and, and actually getting better in many respects. So, um, yeah, when obviously, who was it who played the other week? We we're down the bottom and we didn't do so quite as well against Wigan? I can't remember now. But, Wigan? Yeah, Wigan, there you go. Yeah, it's a good Wigan. example. Isn't it? So, you know, hopefully our run will keep getting against teams that are in good form. But, um, yes, we'll, we'll have to see and we'll talk about the games coming up now. Um, I, th- I suppose we just wrap this up, Ollie, with, with top threes and um, and Aaron's comments. But, um, yeah, I'll, I'll go for my top three first, really. Um. Yes, who did I go for? Yeah, Chapman, obviously, man of the match. Uh, man of the match on the radio as well, wasn't he? And just an all-round fantastic performance that we've covered. But I went for Norburn second, Ollie, and it's going to be a bit of a surprise when I listen to this podcast because I've generally been quite negative on him. But I, I can't... I have to give him some credit for the way he's turned everything around. And I haven't really given him many points in the sort of top three recently. But he, him and Vela, I gave Vela third. I thought as, as the, the middle three, the, you know, the three attacking... Uh, so the three midfield players, I thought I couldn't fault any of them. Um, it's harsh on the defence um, and it's harsh on, on the effort that strikers put in. But for me, you know, those three are going to be the key going forward, I think. And, and Dave Davis kind of maybe chipping in as well. So, yeah, Chapman, Norbin and Vela for me. Dan, who do you go for? Yeah, I'm not, I think Chapman's a standout. He scored two great goals and, and um, it was a clear difference in that sense between the sides. But after that, I think it's almost a lottery. And it's not yeah. often to say that about town games, that, you know, you could pick literally one of six or seven. I mean, the fact that it was Ogbetta's debut, um, and I thought he rose into the game, you know, he grew into the game very impressively, means that I think I put him second. Uh, and I thought Pierre was very strong at the back there. And yeah. he, the physical presence, you know, nothing was going to get past him. I, I thought that was very impressive. But quite frankly, Vela, Norburn, three or four others, all had fantastic games as well. Yeah, um, I uh, yeah, worth mentioning. I I was kind of omen and iron who to put in there because yeah, Norburn could have easily been in my top three. Um, you know, Williams as well had a really good game at centre half. I was pleased to see him there as well. Um, but yeah, I went for Chapman, Vela, and um, Ogbeta. Brilliant performances, um, but a really really good solid performance all round. Um, and just to kind of close the game off, I want you know you know me, I love points per game, um, <laughs> and I before now we caught before the Sunderland game we hadn't lost in the league, um, so we we're doing really well. Um, but again, just to point it out, so Ricketts managed 13 games, got nine points. Cottrell's managed nine games now, which is crazy. Do you think it's been nine? Has that many games? Mm. We've got 18 points. So Ricketts had 0.69 points per game, 0.69 points per game. And Cottrell and Aaron Wilberham have two points per game. And that is just ridiculous that we've got most of those points before the January transfer windows come in. And it just shows you what a remarkable job that um, that Steve Cottrell, Aaron Wilbraham, Dave, um, Dave as well, and obviously Brian. And also we've got, interestingly, we've got a new analyst as well at the club as well. And it just shows you what a fantastic job they're doing. And I thought the tactical setup for this game was absolutely superb. So the really, really kudos to the staff for setting us up to play this this way and well played for the players for, for implementing the performance. I thought it was brilliant. 
I did mean to say one thing during the game, actually, in terms of tactics, but it was so tactically astute that um, I listened to Aaron Ferguson's post-match interview today when I was doing a bit of research, and they changed their tactics at half-time, Ollie, um, because they just clearly they would, would be... Yeah, they, that's what he said, yeah. So, yeah, it didn't help what them, did, did they it? they do in the second half? Because I didn't say oh. anything different, really. Well, they changed right. half the team, for starters. He he changed changed team after 55 minutes, yeah. Yeah, yeah he, said, he said he changed it from something to something. I'd have to go back and listen to it, but, you know, he, he did say they changed the tactics. But I think that was because we'd been so so dominant in that first half and yeah. they needed to, to mix it up a bit. So, yeah, I, I totally agree with that, Ollie. So what did um, Aaron have to say, anyway? Because, uh, yeah, I listened to this as well, but worth going through it again. Yeah, so what did he say? So he's been really difficult about the manager, obviously, such a big influence on the team, um, as well as the 14-day breaks and stuff. Um, so me and Dave Longwell um, were never worried. Um, there was no change in the lads' attitude after the two losses, and the, and the break killed us a bit. But we knew getting those games in our legs would see the performance come back. I think mm. we definitely saw that, didn't we? And we got yeah. in at half-time as well. We had a couple of missed calls from the gaffer, and we wanted to speak <laughs> to the players. And then, yeah, in the things he says, the gaffer doesn't miss a trick in every aspect. Um, he said in everything you said, you could see the boys nodding and, 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 and answering individually when he spoke to them at halftime. And then also we spoke to the players after after the game. So, yeah, it's um, fantastic for the players. But also, hopefully, hopefully Steve Cottrell is getting enough rest and he's going to come back soon because we want him back on the sideline. Um, but yeah, and also just worth for end as well. I thought Aaron Wilbraham was is really assured in, in terms of speaking to the media. He seems to be growing in the role as well. So, Glenn, were you pleased? Pleased with some of those post match? I thought it was good. I, th- I think the whole thing that stands out to me is the 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 way that Steve Cottrell had spoke to him at halftime and also full time and also sending a, a text to Aaron. And to me. You know, I've been worried about the bloke, to be honest with you. You know, he's still in hospital. That was the latest update from the club. He's had a difficult time, as as the the club have pointed out, and Aaron did in this manager. So he's clearly been through the absolute ringer. And to know that he's at least fit enough and well enough to be able to talk to the players and and have that influence still makes me a little less worried about you know him getting back to being fit at some point. So you know, it's just it was just a lovely moment. I thought to know that that had happened and that he was part of the day. And um, yeah, it just it kind of just puts a really nice cap down on the day and and, and the fact that our manager is still a part of this and and everybody at the club is doing their damned hardest to make sure he comes back to to a successful team and it's it's heartwarming really glenn please please tell me that the gaffer does have his own room in hospital or <laughs> sod lying next to him in hospital while he's watching i follow that's, that's it good. that's <laughs> it press him get him yeah um, I hope he's in a hospital that's got good wi-fi <laughs> oh, yeah um aaron wilberham's hair is it stuck on oh, well yeah we, we did this last week Dan. yeah i remember you raised this and i'm still none, none the wiser to be honest I mean, it's, it's like a spray on thing, he said. That's what we've we learned last week. So yeah, it's Giuliani, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's, yeah, hopefully it doesn't melt off. We'll have to see what yeah. we oh, oh, There we go. Yeah, I'm not going to criticize his hair now because we got a win. And and that was another thing, Ollie, just before we move on to the transfer news. There was a little bit of a a little bit of a couple of people on, on Twitter just before the game started saying, should we be looking at a temporary manager? Is this, is it, I mean, that puts, Saturday puts all of that to bed, doesn't it? Everything is streamlined. You know, Wilbraham is a safe pair of hands and we don't need to worry about temporary managers and stuff, do we? No. Well, we sort of got a temporary manager, haven't we? In that Wilbraham <laughs> has stepped up to the play and, and, and you know, his record's pretty good. Um, so I'm not sure what bringing in somebody else for three months would really achieve, to be honest. It just, it, to me, it would, it would break the pattern uh, and yeah. it could only get worse. That was yeah. my argument. I was saying, why would you bring someone else in? They're going to bring different ideas in. Um, Dave and Aaron know exactly what the manager wants. The manager's still involved. We don't know to what extent. But why would you? Why would you rock the cart? Why would you put new ideas into the squad? For me, I think it's. I'd rather carry on as we are. Even if we'd lost on Saturday, I'd still be yeah. saying let's carry on um, as we are. Me too. Me too. Okay. Well, there we go. 
positive game uh you know yeah just great to get back to football great great to get back to winning ways in this last couple of weeks and yeah i didn't want to look at the playoffs gap to the playoffs but i did ollie so you know there's where i'm at at the moment but um yeah we'll move on from the game now and we'll look at uh, a couple of transfer changes rumors and uh, the next couple of games hey, only to cross Bates kelly and he gets the punch to it to swallington and he tries to punch again and it goes all the way so, Ollie, transfers, where should we start on? There's been a couple of moves, hasn't there? Obviously, we've we've had a couple leave the club, or apparently is about to leave the club. But, yeah, uh, Shiloh Tracy left, didn't he? And, uh, and went straight back out to Cambridge um, to get some football. And I think he got an assist on, in his debut uh, yesterday. So, yeah, he's still getting some football. So, that's that's worked out well for him. But um, no real loss, really, looking at where we're at, I suppose, for me. Um, and then, yeah, rumours Ilyev will leave or is about to leave. And, and, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's going. Um, there seems no reason to kind of keep him on at this stage. So, um, yeah, that'll be another loan... Uh, space filled up and it does in terms of out Ollie leaves a fair few loan spaces now for for Cottrell to work with in the next couple of days doesn't it yeah it certainly does um and yeah we signed one player so we signed Nathaniel um, Ogbetta um who is coming from Manchester City um under 23s um so I bit did a bit of a reach out so there's a guy I found um through Gab Sutton to, um, who's basically a, a Man City big Man City fan and he follows the youth team mm. um and he said that um, Nat can get forward. He's really fit and a decent cross of the ball. So obviously Dan, something that Dan um, alluded to earlier. Um, but he lacks the guile to get past a player. So he thinks long-term central defence will be his his best role. But he says he's got a good lead, but he needs to develop his strength if he's going to hold off a number nine in League One. And then there's another guy who people might know of. There's a guy called Blades Analytics who did work as an analyst um, for Peterborough um, and then set up um, a company with a guy I know called Ram. Um, and he gave me his opinion on him. And he said, so he said he was a big part of Man City's under-23s. He played centre-back or left-back. Um, but he didn't, doesn't think he could play centre-back, in his opinion, at the moment. Because he isn't big enough or aggressive enough in the air. But he is rapid. He's got very fast feet. He's got quick acceleration. He's very good defending one-on-one in wide areas. On the ball, his passing is nothing to get um, special, but it's OK. Um, and he does uh-huh. well. In, he's, he's not great in tight spaces. Um, but he's played, you know, he's, he can hand dribble um, on crossing. Maybe you need to improve him, but he'll be all right. He said he's very raw, but he's got some excellent physical traits to build on. Um, yeah. So for me, yeah, it sounds like a, he's a raw player. Uh, maybe he'll play wing back this season, but I'd imagine long term he'll be a, a centre back. I mean, we saw a lot of that yesterday, didn't we? You know, a yeah. lot of those things you just mentioned there are clear from his debut for us. So, um, yeah, obviously a very good scouting report there Ollie and yeah I think we've, we've talked about him enough and and yeah thankful he's just he's just put up a tweet actually while you were talking there sort of talking about his debut and how fantastic it was so yeah I think a really good report and 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 yeah if he ends up at centre back so so be it I suppose he, yeah he's still he's still it's not the biggest have, good to have utility yeah. though isn't it you don't yeah. want to have a huge huge squad like we had under Ricketts with 30 men so why not have players that can play in multiple number of positions? We don't have and also, to have if a... Pennington's injured, and it sounds like yep. he might be, then we're one injury away from not having three centre-halves to pick. So exactly. he will naturally fit in there with Goldborn coming back, right? Yeah. Well, it's a fair point. I suppose it moves on to rumours. And just before we talk, I was just looking at Twitter while Solly was, was running through the scout report, and Lewis Cox has just tweeted, going to be a busy deadline day tomorrow, folks. Believe Town are looking at deals for three positions and outs are also possible. So obviously we've been thinking strikers, strikers, strikers. And, and maybe a right wing back, but looks like maybe we're looking at another position, which might be, as we just mentioned, you know, another backup centre back on loan. So who who's to tell? Depends on how bad that injury is. But um, yeah, in terms of rumours, <clears throat> obviously there are a few names that have been mentioned, um, some more strongly than others. Obviously, 
Tanner in for Will Grigg. There's, there's no doubt about that. It's between us and Oxford. Um, Sunderland have got their striker in today, haven't they, from Scotland. So he, he's obviously now got the ability to be moved on. Um, loan deal to the end of the season. Will we get it over the line tomorrow or not? Dan, what are your feelings on that? Predicting the future is a bit of a nightmare, isn't it? Um, I, I, I think he, Will Grigg's an interesting player because clearly the Sunderland fans uh, have seen something they don't like. Um, there's no way they see him having a future there. And if you look at the Sunderland responses to Will Grigg, then you wouldn't go near him with the barge ball, particularly on the salary that he's on. Um, and yet, when you look at his stats in League One, he's got a phenomenal record. Um, and, you know, 28 goals at Wigan and, and all the rest of it. You know, so clearly there's a footballer in there. The, the question is, is twofold for me. Is, it, is he fit enough? Because he has had injuries. Um, and obviously I don't know the answer to that. But if, if, if he can get through the medical, which not every player does, um, then, then we, mm. that, that'd be good. But the, the second thing is, would he, would he fit into what we're trying to do? And, and I think the answer there has to be a yes. So if, if, I was, um, if I was able to get the finances right, I, I'd go for him. I'd go, I'd go for him big style. And I, I think ultimately he could be the type of player that, that if we could keep him next year, and it's a big if, um, you could really start thinking about what Wigan did a few years ago, um, minus a few of the noughts. Um, and and you, could, you could look at next year with real positivity. So I, w- I would really try and go for it tomorrow. Um, and ultimately, I think, I think Tam will. And, and it wouldn't surprise me if this time tomorrow night he's um, signed on the dotted line. It's interesting to go back for a player that Ricketts wanted, Ollie, isn't it? And, and maybe there's a little bit of an influence from, from Brian in this, um, in yeah. the, you know, someone that the club so have identified so. down, down the line, wants to move closer to home, is, is the rumour, and obviously he's from Canac, so that's kind of our benefit over Oxford a little bit, I suppose, by, by a couple of 20, 30 miles. And um, I, I kind of hope it gets done. And I, I do agree with what you were saying, Dan, I'll throw it to Ollie in a minute, in that, is he fit? Well, yeah, who, who knows really at this stage, but... Frankly, Leon Clark isn't fit and hasn't been fit this entire season. And and Rekiel Pike's also come back from an injury, which he might not get back from for 100% fitness. So if he comes in, he's in the same boat as those three anyway. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe there's an argument for not signing a third injured injured striker. But um, I suppose that'll come out in the... In the in, in the medical, like you say, and obviously that the guy failed his medical last week, didn't he? So it can happen. Um, so well, yeah, Ali, I don't know. That, though, Greg, yeah. uh, uh, um, that because I think Glenn ultimately the, the, these medicals, I always think they're a bit sort of formulaic, but clearly they're not. They had a good look yeah. and they had a poke around. They decided it wasn't right for us, and yeah. that, that that I like that. It makes me think that people are actually trying to make sure we don't don't get a you know players who are just going to be on the on the treatment table all the time. Yeah, shows yeah, not panic at the moment, Ollie. Yeah, it just shows that we're going to do the right things. We're not going to sign players um, for the sake of it. I mean, if we can't get the player that we thought maybe we were going to get, we'll find someone else. And again, that just comes back to having a head of recruitment who's, who is, um, you know, a specialist at this job. And as um, Brian said to me, he's very, very, very good. Um, so, you know, for me, that that's a positive. And yeah, he even sent... Um, um, Tracy on loan to Cambridge and he got an assist at the weekend so he's still helping out Cambridge as well so that's nice to see <laughs> in terms of signings there's a couple of other players isn't there Glenn so you've got um, Tymon um, from Stoke who's a left back left wing back we've yeah. been rumoured to sign and then Bennett who's a really experienced solid um, right back um, right wing back from Blackburn Rovers um, so again it looks like we're trying to bring in some quality and I think yeah I do feel for those who who have to go out to work and I guess tomorrow is going to be the the perfect day for those who are locked at home working from home is you'll be able to keep your eye on Twitter 
Elliot Bennett's a right back. Was play could could play the right back, right wing role, couldn't he? And he's yeah. an ex Telford player. I think he's from the area, isn't he? Elliot Bennett. He's one of those lads that came through the Shropshire um, football youth system. So it's interesting that he's again another that might be wanting to come close at home. I read a lot about. I read a lot about him last night, and Blackburn fans do not want him to go. He's a bit no. of a legend there, and um, he's out of contract at the end of the season. So it's a case for him to come now and settle in. Uh, uh, you know, uh, six months early, which we've we've had a few of the older players. I think maybe Liam Lawrence did that, didn't he? But um, or it's a case of him. You know, will he see out his time at Blackburn? and maybe look to come to Shrewsbury next season but it's probably a deal I could see happening down the line but maybe, maybe it won't be now maybe it'll be the summer um, time and yeah it seems like we're probably all in on that I wouldn't be surprised to see that one done and in terms of Grigg if it fell through I'd, I'd seen a few people mentioning Ryan Bowman at Exeter um, who's got a pretty good league two goal scoring record now over the last few years but he's a player we'd probably have to pay for so I'm, I'm not entirely sure that one would come through but definitely name other than Grigg Dan definitely a couple of names there that I would be quite excited to see particularly Elliot Bennett with his experience yeah, Elliot Bennett's an interesting one, isn't he? I mean, he went to Thomas Telford and um, you know, Thomas yeah. Telford sort of is a bit of a production line of good footballers. Um, mm-hmm. And that, that clearly is a pull for him. He wants to come back to the hood. Um, I, I do think as well, he's more <laughs> of a, a utility player, isn't he? He, he, yeah. he could play right back, but he's played everywhere for Blackburn, from what I can tell, yeah. which is not a bad thing. But certainly, uh, I think he, he fits the mould of what, what, what um, I'm going to say what Ricketts wants then, as what Cottrell wants. Uh, and if that's the case, then I, I'd back Cottrell to make the call because he seems to have a pretty, pretty good idea of what players he can work with. And, and, and I sense that Bennett will arrive. Um, I just don't know whether it'll be tomorrow or not. Yeah. Interesting uh, question for you guys. Would you, almost links to what you were alluding to there, Glenn, about paying for someone. Would you want us to pay for someone, obviously in the COVID environment, but also in a season where we are where we are? You know, I think I'd really want us to look forward to next season a little bit. Not not to write the season off completely, but do you know what I mean? In terms of we've got so few, we've got a few golden coins in our piggy bank. Yeah. We want to wait till next summer. I think, you know, if Bowman, if Grigg fell through and he goes to Oxford for more money or something like that, you know, and, and we can't get that deal done for the second time, you know, if we were suddenly looking around for another striker and, and it's a choice of paying a couple hundred grand for a Bowman um, who's got, you know, goals in him, clearly, or fleshing around for lone strikers and hoping that comes off, I think I'd probably rather invest in a striker that's, you know, not that old and could potentially come and, and do a job here. Um, actually, he's 29. So, no, I've changed my mind on that instantly. <laughs> so I wouldn't pay money for him. <laughs> so, but, yeah, I didn't realise how old he was. But, yeah, I, I could see spending a bit of money on someone if it was someone with a bit of um, sale value, Ollie. So, yeah, ignore what I just said about Bowman. He's too old for that. <laughs> but there was an issue with Grig there, Ollie. I totally understand your your angle because you, we could we could still pay quite significant money for Grig for this season to get us from seventeenth to twelfth. And, yeah, and you exactly. might well wonder whether that's a worthwhile investment, given that if we wanted to bring him in, now I, I don't know what Will Grigg earns, but I suspect he's, he's on decent wedge. And if that's the case, are we going to be able to afford that for next year? And and you do wonder whether whether investing in him this year makes sense. If the answer to that question is a, is a hundred percent no. And I think it's worth noting that I'd hope, not for myself personally and everyone else, but I hope there's going to be wage deflation in football. Um, I can't imagine there's going to be, you know, I can't imagine players, um, you know, and so also the salad crap as well. Um, so maybe, you know, we want to get the player in and he's going to then happy to take a, a lesser wage because I think it's going to be, it's going to be absolutely madness in League One um, with, like, you know, some of the larger teams in the in the, in the the division trying to sort their finances out. Yep. Um, so, also, yeah, it's going to be an exciting about, day anyway. Sure, it's this thing about moving closer to home. And I, I, I mean, I'd heard his family lives in Stafford, Greg. I mean, you don't want to come home for three months, do you? You'd think it would be a longer term arrangement yeah. than just being in exactly. the hood for, for a short period of time, uh, I guess. So that, that's got to be positive. Yeah, definitely. So maybe, maybe, maybe it's an agreement where we're going to sign him 
on loan and then yeah with with uh, an agreement in place and maybe even sign because he think he can actually sign a contract soon can't he for next season mm-hmm. yeah, we'll see it's gonna be exciting tomorrow we'll definitely have a lot to talk about when we come back next sunday ollie on, on strikers and, and whoever we bring in but um yeah hopefully the club club get the right deals that we need at this point in time and and make sure that uh yeah um in the hospital mr cottrell's happy with his uh presence for the day so that's where we are with rumors really and and, and the sign-ins in and out and um yeah i suppose we just wrap this podcast up ollie with predictions um me and you both went for to lose last week which was very negative us ollie considering yeah how good, how good we are. Win. he was Mike went for a win and he was very chuffed when I messaged him saying that he knew all along. And then, yeah, we've got two games coming up this week, haven't we? Obviously, Crew seven o'clock on Tuesday. Um, and then, yeah, Swindon on, on Saturday. So, yeah, as, as Dan mentioned, as we were going through the game, two very different games, Ollie. But I don't, I don't know. What are you feeling about Crew first before we look at Swindon? Crew are a really good team. Good manager, obviously a bit of Shrewsbury connection. Um, they've done really well this season. They've come up and they kind of and they kind of defied expectations. The very good technical side. Um, they have lost their right back, and there's rumours that um, Harry Pickering might be going to Rovers, but apparently might be on a loan deal. So obviously we prefer Blackburn Rovers to do another favour and take him because he's mm. their best player. They drew. They drew a lot of games recently, so they beat Bristol Rovers. They drew against Fleetwood. They drew against Rochdale three all. They drew against Plymouth. Um, they lost to Gillingham four um, one, and yeah. then they drew against Ipswich um, this weekend. So yeah, that's going to be a tough one. Um, but be interested to see how that one goes. And then looking ahead to Swindon, Swindon are not a very good side, and they've lost a lot of games recently. Um, in the last six, they've um, lost four, drawn one, and won one. So you guys, what are you kind of expecting for this one, Glenn? I imagine Crew, you'd obviously want to win, but probably take a draw. And Swindon, you want to beat Swindon. I'd take a draw against Crew for me personally. I find it fascinating that Omar Beckles has played every single game for Crew pretty much this season, and, and is amazing. Yeah, which is which is great. I mean, he never lets down, really, did he? And he was no, a solid enough team player. So I'm not surprised to see him doing well there. And um, yeah, you know, I wouldn't have complained if he'd have been given another year deal here, to be honest with you. So I'm quite, I'm quite pleased for him. Um, but I'd quite like him to have a massive disaster class against uh, Crew on Saturday and on Tuesday. Sorry, and we were at that helps. But I can see us winning against Swindon. Um, I still don't think we're, we're going to regularly score two two more goal more goals like uh, we did on Saturday that often. So um, yeah, I'll go for us to beat Swindon one 0 I, I still think we'll beat them. Dan, what's your view? Yeah, I mean, I'm a bit allergic to being too optimistic. Really, it's just not in the DNA after 37 years as a time fan. But but I, I do think two, two wins is not unreasonable to expect it. But Ooh. I mean, you know, yeah, but, uh, hold on a minute. But there is a caveat. I, I don't think we'll get them. Um, I think I think Crew are interesting. I mean, they clearly draw a lot of games. Um, I do think the point about Beckles is well made. I always had a soft spot for old Neymar Beckles. I, yeah. I thought I thought he was a much underrated player and he played the vast majority of his career with us out of position. And, and, and I think people forget that. So I, I, I'm looking forward to watching him. I hope he has a decent game and then drops a clanger and we win 1-0. But, um, <laughs> but, but I, I, like, I like, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing him. I think we may well draw against Crew because they do have this record of drawing against most people. So I, I'd go for something like one all. Um, and with us scoring first, maybe. Uh, um, mm. so, so, that, so, so I can see something maybe going wrong there. Swindon, well, they're, they're struggling. Uh, and I think ultimately we, we should be able to stamp our authority on the game. But, you know, how many times have, have we gone to sides where, you know, we, we might be struggling and somehow we've done well? And this season's a great case in point. So taking nothing for granted. But if I had to predict, I, I, think, I think we, you know, 2-0 for us. I think we, we, we've got a fair chance of winning that game. 
It's fascinating because this is we've done well against the teams at the top. I think yes. we know why because we're a really well, we're a good team playing on the counter, especially now with Chapman. But before with Worley, um, we know we were good on the counter. Um, for me, this is going to be a different test. Swindon are probably going to kind of come in and defend, so it's going to be fascinating to see how we adapt to that challenge. And definitely, attacking play is going to be our um, is going to be a focus. I think for the rest of the season. I do wonder whether a change of formation might be on the cards. To, to, to give us just a little bit more going forward. I don't know exactly what I'm thinking of there, but um, it'd be really interesting to see how Chapman gets on because he won't have as much yeah. room. And he may well rise He might Chapman. be. They'll just be pushed the wing-backs much, much forward and almost create a front four, front five of Chapman around there. It'll be interesting tactically, but we know one thing, we'll de- we will definitely be prepared. Yes. Yeah, Absolutely. I agree. It's an exciting week to look forward to, isn't it? You know, there's yeah. no, no reason why we can't dream of two wins and, and, and look forward to that, I suppose. I mean, just before we fa- finalise this podcast, I just wanted to say one thing, really, which was to give Brian uh, Coldwell a huge amount of credit because not a lot of fans would have seen this, particularly if they're not on Twitter, I suppose. Um, this bloke is in the middle of the COVID crisis trying to run a football club. <clears throat> he's in the middle of probably the most intense transfer window with a manager in hospital. Um, you know, he's struggling through a number of issues that this football club has never had to deal with. Probably the most difficult time to be a CEO of the football club. And do you know what he was doing this morning? He was out manning car parks at vaccination centres in his own time. And I just thought nothing speaks the mark of a man more than someone who is, could, could legitimately say, look, it's been a hard week. I'm probably not feeling up for this. To be going out and doing something like that. And I thought... The club tweeted out about how good it was, and he's received a whole lot of positive feedback. But I suppose in terms of leaving this on a real high, Dan, the man deserves an absolute huge amount of credit for, for what he's doing for our community and our football club. Every respect. I mean, you, you, people could knock it as a publicity stunt, but I don't think it is. I think, no, I think isn't. he's out there trying to make his small contribution to, to, to helping people not die. I mean, you can only respect that, can't you? And um, I take my hat off to him. He's running the club very well. He might, you know, he might make mistakes, but he makes mistakes in good faith, and that's all you can ask. Well, I was saying that I can't think of too many mistakes that he has made, but uh, <laughs> even then, if he does, it, it'll make him for the right reasons, and that, that's important. We're not afraid to give Brian yeah. a bit of credit, are we? No, we're not afraid to, yeah, as, as you know, going this weekend, um, we'll, we'll, we'll take feedback on the chin, um, but yeah, yeah it's, been a, it's been a good week um, for us, and yeah, really looking forward to the week ahead. Good stuff, right, we'll be back next Sunday, and yeah, cheers Dan for joining us, and uh, we'll, we'll try and get one again. Well, the amount of people we've had recently it might be into next season, but we'll definitely have you on again. I hope you, you hope you enjoyed your uh, proper debut on the Southcast. Oh, cheers for having me, guys. It was uh, it was fantastic. Thanks very much. Good stuff, and we will catch the rest of you next Sunday. Oh!